How do you structure your podcast episodes? How do you edit them? How do you make the process of creating a podcast easy? Well, welcome to the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series. And the idea is you get to play along with us as we work with someone to build their business. In this series, we are building a podcast. And I don't care whether you've got a blog, you've got a YouTube channel, you've got some kind of content strategy. This series will help you think through what you're doing, what you're creating, and how to get it out into the world. So listen along and launch with us. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. So welcome back to The Rebel Entrepreneur coaching series. We have Kim. Welcome back, Kim. How are you? Hello. Thanks. I'm doing well. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. We also have back with us Patrick, the podcast manager. Patrick, welcome back. Why are you here? Thank you, Ellen, for having (laughs) me back. I am here to help you coach Kim and also give feedback on her first recording, which I was present for. Oh, yeah. Excellent. And you've actually been helping Kim with it, haven't you? I have. And I will say Kim has been fantastic to work with. Oh, thanks. (laughs) That's so nice. (laughs) So how did it go, Kim? What was the first recording like? What was your experience? Did uh, You said about asking one of your friends to come and be the interviewer. You said about Rachel Overball. Uh, did she come back? What happened? Tell me. She she did. You have a good memory. Yeah, she's uh, she she was my interviewer for my first episode. So thank you for that suggestion. It worked really well. Um, yeah, it was. I don't know. Just felt like a conversation. So it felt pretty easy. Felt good. That's awesome. That's how it should be it should be a conversation it should be a chat it should be friends but sometimes I think people get into this mode of I need to be a presenter hello welcome to this and that and they turn like presenter mode on rather than engaging with the people so that's good that it felt like a chat they tend to be the best episodes yeah yeah I did catch myself trying to like snap out of that like I don't have to be anything special right now I can just have a conversation you know, <laughs> I caught you doing I, that a couple times too. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> uh, and so, how long did it last for? Did you did you get a full episode? Do you think? Yeah, for sure. It was uh, about like fifty five minutes. I think is when we stopped. Actually, Rachel stopped us, so she was she was our timekeeper. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and Patrick, like if you record 55 minutes, how much does that end up when you've edited it, taped out the ums and ahs, like sliced it down slightly? How much? Because I think that's an interesting question for people listening is how much do you have to record to get a 45 minute episode or a half an hour episode? Yeah, I think I'll probably end up cutting it to about 45, 50 minutes. Um, you do do a lot of slashing, but bear in mind what you're cutting out is very minute. It's ums, ahs roughly about half a second to a second each. And then sometimes you'll get bigger portions. So I'm assuming it'll be about a 45 to 50 minute episode. 
That sounds good. Um, I don't think I've shared this with anyone listening to our podcast, Patrick, but when we like when I record the podcast, we have an editor for this podcast, which originally was Andrew uh, and is now you, Patrick. But I yes. say within the podcast, uh, Patrick, please delete the last sentence when I say something inappropriate or wrong. Which is uh, very helpful. Oh, it's super helpful for you and it's super helpful for me because I don't have to like send you an email afterwards and say at minute x please cut x I can just say it in the podcast and I've become a huge fan of what I've nicknamed inline editing I don't know if that's the correct term but it's my my term for it where I go Patrick that was rubbish please remove that sentence uh, yeah, I don't, and then I just don't, keep going I don't I don't know if there's a specific term for it, so I think you just coined the term inline <laughs> editing. That's what it is. I love it. I love it. Uh, have you come across that, Kim, inline editing? I don't think I was um, aware. Did. did I Did I cut stuff out? <laughs> you, did a, you did a couple times okay. after you cut out. <laughs> All right. Don't recall. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I think part of this is learning the process that works best for you and how you make it as easy as possible for you, for the editor, for everything else. And specifically, if you are your own editor, uh, how you make sure you cut those bits out. So leaving audible cues for yourself in the podcast saying, okay, I didn't like that last bit, cut it out. Or like, you can see it in the, uh, I'm making a hand motion at the moment. That doesn't really help the <laughs> listeners. But the, uh, the wave sound, you can hear certain sounds. So I guess you could clap and that will put a big line and then you can go back from there and cut it out. So there's lots of little tips and tricks to make this stuff easier. Have you found any tips and tricks to make it easier for people when they're either A, passing it to an editor or editing themselves, Patrick? Like, how do you make this easy for people to produce a podcast? So if you're passing it off to an editor, it usually is best to just let them know like, hey, this last 30 seconds, uh, smoke it. We don't want that in the podcast. Uh, but also in for an editor, you, we see the audio, the way the structure or the uh, editing software is structured kind of like how you can see below in this recording software you can see where the waves are popping up so i have memorized what alan's um looks like because we remove his arms so yeah, if i you if can I, see my arm that's unbelievable your, yeah um. i can see it about 10 <laughs> seconds before <laughs> yeah at a time uh, so I, a lot of it is just sort of getting in that rhythm with your editor so that way they know what to keep an eye out for what needs to go. And then also letting them know, hey, I didn't like that. So what both of you were doing, as people I edit for, uh, you're doing great and you're making my job very easy. So thank you. It's really interesting, isn't it? Now the illusion is blown. Everyone thought I was a smooth talker with no ums and ahs. Now oh, I made you sound so the good. Truth, the truth. So <laughs> you've done the first episode, Kim. Uh, do you have plans for the second one? Is it going to be a coaching episode or something like that? What's the plans for the second one? Yeah, that's that's the plan. They're scheduled for this Friday. Um, I'm going to be coaching. And beyond that, I haven't thought too far ahead. <laughs> we're, we, have, we have topics that we're thinking about discussing. Um, cool. But aside from that, I haven't really planned out the structure of the actual discussion. Cool. 
so I think the structure of the discussion, for me, it always works best with some questions. So if I have a rough idea, so for the the structure of this particular podcast was, how did the first one go? <laughs> Is there anything we learned we could improve? What have you got planned for the second one? And then how does that fit into your plan for launching the podcast? And those sort of three things give us a nice structured way of going through the podcast, which should make it easier for the people listening to go, okay, like I've got some tips for the first one. I've got some tips about planning an episode. And then that's how I start to think about launching the podcast. Um, so if we can come up with that kind of structure or that kind of easy, simple piece that has three different questions or four different questions, it'll give you so much to talk about. And sometimes it is just identifying the person's problem that you're coaching sometimes that's like the start point tell me what's not working um and then it flows from there do you have an idea about how you want to start or how you want to set up the episode uh, no i have not thought about it um uh, <laughs> we can talk about it now <laughs> <laughs> perfect this is our planning session let's plan episode two <laughs> yeah so i know we're gonna talk about um i think we're gonna talk about career for her and then dating nope nope just kidding we're gonna talk about dating and then body image so um, both are related to her general sense of confidence and freedom Um, so we're gonna do one episode for each of those topics Um, yeah so what will be the first episode I think we're going to start with, I think we decided we're going to start with dating. Cool. Excellent. So with the episodes that I record, sometimes I record the introduction that goes right at the start before, because I know the subject. So, And that actually, if I do it with the guest online, they actually hear my introduction and it helps set the scene for the whole thing. Sometimes if I don't know the introduction, like for this episode... I'm not sure what you're going to say. Uh, So (laughs) we're going to record the episode first. I'm going to make notes and then I will go back afterwards and record the introduction. But with something like dating, you probably know the like pain points, the subject, the bits. You could do the introduction with her on the call uh, and then start the interview. Um, So I guess how would you set the scene for a dating conversation? Well, I suppose I'd have to introduce it a little bit for this episode too, just in that we haven't done a coaching session before. So I think I would want to set kind of the stage for how the process is going to work a little bit. Um, Maybe an introduction about how everything that we talk about in our process is related to like our deep sense of worth and how that impacts our confidence and our sense of freedom. So I think I would want to set that up first and then introduce, uh, introduce Regina and then get into it. Cool. Uh, So I just have a thought for you on the starting of episodes and the starting of things. And I'm not always perfect at this, but this is what I try to do is, The key piece 
to get people to listen to a podcast is the first like 30 seconds. You've got to grab them to get them to listen. You've got to get them in. And where I really learned this was comedy and James Bond movies. Um, weird combo. Uh, have you watched any of the James Bond movies, the recent <laughs> yeah. like ones with Daniel Craig? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Not recently, maybe. but yes. Not recently. So how does a James Bond movie start? The uh, credit movie, right? Or is there something before that? Does it start with the song? You know, yeah, like right? The dancers and the music. Does it start with that? That's what I thought, but maybe I'm remembering it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> it's the circle, right? Does it start with the circle? I haven't watched a James Bond movie in forever. <laughs> oh, man, but I'm talking to the wrong audience. <laughs> you are. <laughs> I thought it was the perfect analogy, and now I'm not so sure. Um, it tends to start with the action. So it starts straight into an action moment. So if you take the movie Spectre, one of the recent-ish ones, uh, James Bond is walking through Dia de las Muertas in Mexico City. He climbs up through the building. He shoots his gun. There's a huge explosion. There's a chase through the center square of Mexico with a helicopter of him hanging out and nearly dying. It's the most unbelievable starting. And then they play the credits. So they play the sort of music, the, this is Spectre produced by Albert R. Broccoli starring Daniel Craig and all that jazz. They only do it after the first action scene. If they were to do it the other way round and you were sat in the cinema and they played the song first, would you pay complete attention to the song? Or would you be talking to your friends waiting for the movie to start? I mean, for sure, B. And the only way they can get you to sit through the opening information is if they grab your attention with something fun at the start. TV shows do this. Radio shows do this. Comedians, stand-up comedians. When does a stand-up comedian introduce his or her name? At the at the beginning. I also don't really watch stand-up comedy. Oh, man. I've used all Sorry. the wrong analogies here. Uh, Typically after the first joke, right? Actually, they put it right at the end. They go, thank you very much. I've That's been right. Alan Donegan. Good night. And they put their name at the end. Why did they do that? So that you remember their name, right? Because it's the first and the last things that you hear. I mean, I know that from psychology, the first and the last things you study, right? I should have just used psychology. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I went for popular culture and failed completely. That's not my, not my idea. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's what they want you to remember. And actually, if they started with their name, no one will remember it. No one cares yet. They have to prove their value, their worth. They have to entertain, make you laugh. By the time they've made you laugh for 45 minutes, you're going, this lady, this man is amazing. Who are they? <laughs> they tell you your name and then you go and look them up and you want to watch more and you want to engage with them. So the best thing we can do with the podcast is to have like your James Bond moment, <laughs> your... Maybe you're not going to be like blowing stuff up and <laughs> racy cars, but the key bit right at the start, and then you come back and unpack it. 
So you say, welcome to the podcast. This is a coaching episode. Here's what we're going to try and do. This is the plan. The key bit here is the entire process is tied to our deep sense of worth. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Welcome Regina to the show and then start. If you do it the other way round, the audience might not stick with you through all the setup to get to that bit. So I'd be thinking, what can I do right at the start? What's my setup? What's my piece that I can do right at the beginning that gets people interested and willing to sit through the setup to get to the content that's coming second? Does that make any kind of sense to you? Now I've stopped using <laughs> pop analogies. Yes. I'm, I'm on your wavelength. Thank gosh. <laughs> we get there in the end. Could I, uh, could I propose a suggestion to try to accomplish that? No. Okay. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> what if we just took a peek in the conversation, like took a very interesting moment from the conversation and had that as like a five to 15 second, five to 30 second intro. And then we went right to the intro music, your introduction that you pre-recorded and sent my way. And then we started the conversation so people can see where the conversation is ultimately going to result in and then follow along for the journey. Alan, what are your thoughts on that? Because that's something I've used in the past, but I would like to know your personal like uh, take on that. I love that. I think it's fantastic. I think like if you're working with an editor who's willing to do that to find the key point, I think there's two types of editor I have found, Kim. There's the editor that will master the audio. They'll remove the ums and ahs and they will master the audio. That's their editing. And then there's the editor who will actually use their brain and like go, this bit doesn't work, I'll cut this out. And this is a great section to have up the front. And they're two different things. And I think it depends on who you've got editing it. So if you've got someone like Patrick doing it, or you're doing it yourself, and you can spot that key moment throughout, and you go that, that clip will get everyone excited about what's coming up. And it sums up the problem. That's fantastic. If you don't find that you can just kind of set it up yourself. But how do you feel about that idea, Kim? Yeah, that sounds great. I think that, you know, I know I never really know how conversations are going to go in like a coaching session. So I definitely feel like I would, I know generally what's going to happen. So I'm sure at the end, I would also want to like have a little summary based on what actually happened. Yeah, that's my favorite bit is the summary at the end. Okay, here's what we've talked about. Here's the next actions. Here's the thoughts to go away with. Here's what I want you to do. I think that's some of the most powerful bit. And a lot of the conversational podcasts miss out on that. The like clarity of the next steps and the practicality of those things. So I think it's actually hugely valuable to do that. Uh, and if you can do it in the moment, that's great. If you have to go away and think about it and write down, these are the three things I want people to take away from it then that also works. Um, but I think it, like that structure of something grasping people, something like really getting people into it at the start, then unpack what you're actually going to do, then do it, and then sort of bring it to a close at the end works really well for an episode. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I would love to have that. I mean, if Patrick is able, willing to find the juicy parts and put them at the beginning, I think that would be amazing. <laughs> Uh, I've already gotten a little bit of a jump start on that. Sweet. So I'm willing, yeah. 
<laughs> Yay! <laughs> I love this. And this, I would like to talk about this because this is the benefits of working with someone else to do it with you because it's not just you in your own head doing it. It helps to have someone else. But obviously, that comes with a price. Hiring an editor costs money and it costs money to do it. But it can also be done by yourself. It just takes a lot more time because you have to record it, then you have to go back through it, then you have to pick out the bits. So I think for anyone listening to this, like even if you did it with a friend, so you both ran the podcast and then you've at least got someone to bounce it off, uh, if you've got the finances to be able to hire an editor, that can work really well. But it is down to you. Uh, so the question for Kim What's the biggest thing you think this second episode is really going to get people hooked to listen? What's the the hook to get people to listen? Yeah, I think it it's actually seen a deeply transformative process because I don't think that that's something people have the opportunity to see very often. You know, they can hear about the experience from somebody else, but to actually witness it is a totally different thing. And, and I think most people's healing experiences or growth experiences are, are very intellectual. So I'm excited to be able to help people see like an embodied process of transformation. Fantastic. And how does that benefit your audience? Just giving them the possibility to have that kind of change in their own life too. So they will be able to sort of listen along, take what you're saying, and it will enable them to get some of the benefit in their own life. For sure, both. So the possibility of them pursuing that kind of one-on-one experience for themselves, as well as just learning from what they're hearing somebody else experience. Cool. Perfect. Because that's one of the key bits to getting people to listen is the what's in it for them. Um, and I don't know if you've ever heard this, W-I-I-F-M, what's in it for me, FM. <laughs> um, it's like a radio station people tune into and they're listening, like, what am I going to get out of this? How is my life better off? And people really want to understand, like, how is it going to help me as well? And I think the more value you can bring to people, the better. Uh, and they'll see the process and it helps them. Um, but they need to understand, like, why am I listening to this? What do I get out of it? How does it make my life better? What's in it for me? Yeah, totally. I mean, the topic itself, I think, is something that a lot of women, you know, would benefit from hearing about and also seeing the possibility of change, I think would be really important for people. Yeah. I think a lot of humans struggle with that subject. Yeah. (laughs) I would love both (laughs) sides of the perspective. Um, I think it could be incredibly powerful. Uh, Cool. So how do you, in your mind, do you have enough to be able to record episode two now? Yeah, for sure. I'm really excited about it. Having just a little bit of um, structure, which I was not thinking about before, is super helpful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love a good structure. Um, and talking of structure, okay, so we've got episode one went well, episode two, we've got a structure and you've got a plan. Then I guess my question for you is how many episodes are you sort of recording, putting together before you launch? Do you have an idea of 
how you're working this together to get towards launch? Do you have a plan yet? Yeah, I think um, Patrick helped me come up with a plan. It's about 12 episodes, right, Patrick? Yes, correct. Uh, Bi-weekly recordings, essentially. And we're going to publish once we have... Well, we're flexible because we could... I am editing them already, but we could theoretically publish all the episodes once we're done with all the recordings or we could start publishing in like a month or two once we have a schedule that has episodes coming in the pipeline with a lot of time for them to be worked on uh but i know our plan as of now is to publish once everything's done yes yes <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> So the plan is to publish, sort of to record. Are we are we sort of calling this tentatively season one? Is twelve episodes? Yes. Um, yeah. And then we'll record the twelve episodes and then come up with a sort of launch strategy. That's the plan. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Because um, one piece of this is having two or three episodes ready to go at the start. Because if you do all of that promotion and you get people to listen to one episode and they enjoy it. And then they have to wait a week until the second one. They can get a bit frustrated. So it's worth having two or three ready to go at the start to get them into it and then releasing them weekly afterwards uh, actually works really, really well. But you need those two or three at the start because you do all that work promoting it. Like, it's coming, Kim's new podcast. Listen here. Find it here. Come on. They find one episode. They love it. And then they've got to wait a week. (sighs) Uh, it can also be very good for the um, algorithms of the podcast hosts because if you've got two or three episodes and people listen to all three you get lots of views listens uh, and you've got more chance of getting into the new and noteworthy or the popular podcasts of the week whereas if you've just got one to listen to you just don't quite get the same volume right at the start so I think having those two or three to promote is a really good idea. Awesome. These are definitely things I do not know about, so I appreciate the information. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then one of the things I've learned over the years is it's never the best content that wins out, but maybe it does over the long term, but it's not the best podcast To give you an example, when someone is interviewing, let's say they're interviewing 10 people for a job, who gets the job? Is it the person who's best for the job? I I mean, I would hope so, but I imagine what you're trying to get at is that it would be the most uh, maybe charming or like exciting. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking the best interviewer. Um, <laughs> yeah, fair. Like the most charming, right? Like the most socially inclined. Yes. And you would like to think in a perfect world that the person who was best for the job always gets the job. But that's just not the reality of the world. The reality of the world is the person who's best at interviewing, the person who's best at selling themselves, the person who's best at marketing themselves gets the job. And in nearly every industry, it's not the people who are best at doing what they do that get all the work. It's the people who are best at the sales and the marketing and the promotion, which is unfair and it's not right. 
And over the long term, that changes because over the long term, people do find you and you get recognized for your quality and that really stands out. But that's normally over the years, the decades, as opposed to getting something out there quicker. So one of the absolute keys for us is how can we get your podcast in front of as many people as possible as quickly as possible? Ooh, I don't have an answer for that. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we're here. Uh, I was about to say, I do. (laughs) (laughs) You have a ton of, like, social media and email list resources we could be using. Like, I think I said this in episode one of this coaching series, but, like, you have a fantastic starting off point, and utilizing that is, I think, going to be a big key to success and growth and visibility, I guess is the word I've been looking for this whole time. I've been saying random words. But uh, yeah, you have you have good tools to utilize an audience. That's exciting to hear. I am glad that you recognize that. I mean, I have other, you know, networks, but um, definitely I'm excited to learn how to how to put my podcast out there and have it be received well. Awesome. Uh, I love that. So I'm going to give you some questions, if that's okay, and a little bit of homework to think about. And then (laughs) maybe what we'll do in the next episode is go through a promotional strategy and let's together come up with what you're actually going to do to promote it. Um, But the homework to think about is, please, can you make me a a list of all of the resources you have to be able to market this? So... Examples of resources would be your Instagram following. Do you have an Instagram following? How much is it? Do you have a Facebook following? How much is it? Do you have a mailing list? Do you have a little black book full of phone numbers if you're very old school that we can ring and tell about the podcast? Um, Like, What resources do you currently have that we can use to promote the podcast is question one. Okay, got it. Yes, I can do that. Perfect. Question two, what resources do your friends, connections and colleagues have? So thinking about the people you know, who do they have mailing lists? Do they have podcasts? Do they have books? Do they have blogs? Like, what do your friends have? Because that's going to help you to promote it. So one of them, I guess, like, Hello, I'm Alan. I have a mailing list of X thousand. I have a podcast with X listeners. We will share your podcast on here because people will have come along the journey and hopefully they'll at least listen to episode one and start listening to it. So I would be an example. I would go on your list of Alan has this, this and this, and I think he'll support me. Awesome. Thanks, Alan. It's a pleasure. That was meant to be an example, (laughs) not a brag. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Thank you. Because one of the things I always say at the Rebel Business School is everything you want in life is done through and with other people. And success is rarely in isolation. It's done with other people. So if we can think about who in your network you already know that will enable us to reach your audience, that makes a massive difference. Um, So that's the sort of second one is who do you know? And then the final part to this number three, which I'd love you to have a think about, which I'll ask you next time is 
who do you want to listen to this and where do they hang out? Okay. So who do you want to listen to this and where do they hang out? So the more specific you can be, the better. It's, I don't know who it is. Women of this age, men of this age, they work in these kind of jobs. They do this, they do that. Like here's the kind of example of who it is. And then where do they hang out? Do they hang out in certain Facebook groups? Do they belong to certain membership sites? Do they read certain blogs? Do they, like, where where can we get to them? Totally. Got it. And then if we can do that, then we can come up with a promotional strategy of here's what we're going to do two weeks before launch, one week before launch, at launch, uh, and then just plan it out. And that should make it really easy for us to follow through rather than doing what I do at times, which is just make stuff up on the day. <laughs> I also do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> The better planned we can be, the more successful we will be at launch. Definitely. I know this from experience. Um of having done the opposite. Uh, does that give you some ideas of what to do? Yeah, that's super helpful. Yes, I will do that homework. Okay, perfect. Then we will come back. We'll do another episode about promotional strategy and launching the podcast. And we'll come up with a full plan for you to get going and to get it out there. That sounds amazing. That would make me feel really good. Excellent. Excellent. So it's like... Is there anything else you need help with, Kim? Is there anything else that's stopping you, you're concerned about, you're thinking about? Um, what else is in your mind? <laughs> that, that was the biggest one. I think that will put me more at ease and feel, you know, feeling more confident about putting the podcast out there if I have a strategy as to how to promote it. Excellent. I love that. Uh, Kim, you are an absolute legend. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and being on this journey with us. And it's super useful to everyone listening because there's a, like, without a real life live example of thinking this stuff through, it's very difficult to bring it to life. How do you actually launch a podcast and what it's like? Uh, so this is really useful. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Obviously you are the legend, Alan. Thank you so much. I'm the weird Englishman who travels around the world making stuff up. But anyway, uh, Patrick, thank you as always for your energy, your answers, and for helping us on the podcast. Uh, do you have any last messages to the audience about podcasting business, this podcast, anything at all? Any advice? Uh, well, I didn't prepare any, I would say, off the top of my head. Um, I guess lose yourself in the conversation if you're starting a podcast. The second people forget that they're on a podcast, in my opinion, is the second the podcast starts to get good because it turns into just a conversation between colleagues or friends as opposed to one person feeling like they have to present, which I don't know about you guys. I get super nervous during presentations. <laughs> and, <laughs> like right now, I'm not nervous. I'm very comfortable. So that's my advice to anyone who's looking to start a podcast. I love that. Thank you, Patrick. And to those of you listening, the key messages I want you to get out of this are, number one, just get the first episode done. That just 
it makes it so much more real and so much better. And one of the things Kim did really well is just get a friend to interview her, get someone she knows that would be good to interview her, record it and get on with it. Uh, Number two is then to start thinking about structuring the podcast. So how can you grab people at the beginning to get them to listen? And what's the journey you're taking them on? And finally, what's the action you want them to take at the end? And then number three is we'll start to think about promotion because it's not the best podcast that wins at the start. It's the best promoter. So we need to get your content out there. Thank you so much for listening to the Rebel Entrepreneur Podcast. If you are thinking about launching a podcast, do it. Stop thinking about it. Goodbye. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.